0: This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shi'urim and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. So, um, I hope I'm not disappointing anybody by that. that is focusing on, on... I hope I'm not... Um. I hope I'm not disappointing people that I've been focusing a lot on my hometown, but I'll call panim. I just, we don't have that much time now, so just short about Rebitz and about the Dvar of Ram. Um Kavna, will speak later a lot, it was a very aristocratic city, very regal. The, 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 the signal of the people was like that. Um, Rebitz Galchanan spec it had very famous Rabbanim. The Reb Shor was a at Kufa here, Rebitz and the Dvar of Ram. Ribitskochanen was one of the first Rabbanim that had a sort of a standing of the Posik ador. Ribitzko was the address for all of Europe and America. Um, he was he, he was known for his incredible Asmada, for his um for his psaak specifically on agunis. He has an incredible amount of, of heterim. Um and he writes specifically that once he took on the Ola Rabbanis, he had to be find a Harim as he was dying. Basically, he, he took out of his pocket another another letter to write at Achuva because he felt that has to be taken care of before he goes. Um, and he was recognized, people had pictures of him. People, you know, Revis was a sort of an international figure of, of the Posecador, he, he was probably the first in in memory, uh, like that. The Dvar of Rome was the Rav up until the war. Um, he was, Rebzalim HaSem a son, he was a very big Hamid Chacham. He was also, typically, I guess, of the Ruach of Kavna, he was an intellectual. He was extremely dignified. He, you couldn't go into him. Only Rabbanim and uh, Meirah went to ask him the Shailas, and, you know, he he answered them. When he would walk in the street, the street would clear away, and even the Ummah would stand back with Um He was. He became sick um, right towards the war. He had cancer. He went to Switzerland for an operation. He came back. They offered him to stay in Switzerland. He said he owes the Kihila too much, Akharasatoyv, and he's going to stay with them till the end. He was niffed in the ghetto. My father was able to mishamish him when he was sick, and he he didn't lose his bearings even when he was sick. He didn't speak to somebody when there was no reason to talk to. So even the people that were mishamish him, his Rebbitzin would would strike up conversations with them to keep them awake and so this and that. In him, if there was no reason to speak, he didn't speak. It was a very different type of hanhaga than we used to. Um, he he had two sons that I know of. One of them was a lawyer was a lawyer in America. Um, I don't know what happened further after that. Um, and he had a son who was a professor in the University of Semitic languages. Um, he was a uh, scholarly person, he perished in the war, him and his wife and his child. Um, the Dvar was nifta in the ghetto, he was Zecheh to a, a, a proper Levaya still, and that was it. And in a sense with that, um, it was over. It's very interesting how... We'll speak about the Kaimois and Vilna was also seemed to be as if the captain when the captain went down, the ship went with him. And um, that was the that was the Tsur of the of the Rabanis and so on. And we'll speak more when we a little bit later, have time. You know, Kovna was not an easy city. Um it was a very, very it was a very sophisticated, cultured, um kind of um, you know, it, it was a modern city in, in population as well. On the other hand, they were very traditional, so it wasn't as if they broke from the Kehillah, but on the other hand, um, Shemir Samitsus was kind of lagging, and he had the difficult job of sort of holding rein on it. And HaMitsashem, uh, I don't know what well, we have, five minutes left, or what do we have uh, about? <laughs> so let me tell you a story that I heard again from from like one person removed um this is the person Kavliansky, I told him about his say, a book that he wrote that I have his father was a a, a Haredi balabas in um, in uh, uh, in Lita in Kavna his daughter Became more left-wing, and she decided to um, to marry a a guy who was a communist. A yid, but a communist. He came to Dvavrom and he cried his heart out. and He said, "I don't know what to do." He said, "You know, my daughter fell in love with this person. What should we do?" So Dvavrom said, "We should put you you should you should should put up a chuppah and marry them So he said with that shagetz, that Dvavrom got very upset and he said. You call a Yid a It's Zeres Yisrael. How can you, how dare you? His son was a Yeshiva Bach and Kamenitz. As the war went on, they ended up somewhere near Siberia or deep in Russia, and his son lost it, and his son decided to marry out. The father was staying in a place that was 10 kilometers from a shul, and it was Oysmensch. And he walked through a thick snow to a shul, he opened up an arkadish and started crying. And he fainted. And the Davron came to him in a column. And he said, if you didn't understand what Zeria Yisrael means, now you understand. And then he said, But don't worry, it'll work out. And in the end, he, he dropped, he never, you know, he never followed through. He ended up in to He was a fumayid, and this is I think it's his father, Koblyansky's father. Not sure if his father's grandfather, but that's the person. I heard it from the person, I heard from him. That I heard the story from him, but it, it was very, it was uh, very difficult times, people were very educated here, people were very into, when you describe the person, the first mida was, he's an aristocrat, and the second one was, and he's very intelligent, and the third one was, and he's very from. but that, there was, that was a third, people here were very marich, um, sh- sh- stals, you know, holding yourself with dignity, that was extremely important. Um, intelligence, studying, learning was very important. That's why the Haskalah here, people were less into social justice movements, less into fighting. They were into Hebrew a lot. They were very, very into the Hebrew culture. They were cultured people. They uh, studying, learning, um, all of that was extremely important. Um, and but on the other hand. A, a, a strong sense of being machpin on a shayut was kind of—it was against the grain of, of of the Kavna people. People here did not like uh, fanaticism; they liked very much refinement. It had certain milos. My father would told me, like, a, for a person to walk in the street and smoke a cigar on Shabbos was a yung How can you do it? I mean, you know, it, it, it was considered to be the, the coarse in your face chelo Shabbos. Wasn't acceptable, you know. It slowly degenerated over time, and people started going out. But, but that was the flavor of the people. On the other hand, the the, the, the type of Kutzel shayut was also not, um, it, you know, was not in the blood of the of the people. So when it came to being shamy with a diktuk and so on and so forth, it, it was not easy to get that through. Al kurbanim. So you have two great rabbanim, Yerivisca uh, Chanon, who really was the poisekador. Um, everything came to him. Um, he paskin Shilas in, 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 in Machlokas in the Me-Yeshiva, who should be the Roshiva. He Paskin this was talking in the 1800s, mid-1800s, um, when it's the Kaczynski and, and, and so on. And, and uh, it was, the, the, I, I think it was the Eisenstadt's and Rabbi Levorah Kamai, I believe, was that Machlokas, but he was the one who basically, he paskined, word was gold, he also had a very interesting person who was his secretary. His name was Janka Lifshitz. He was a Kochleffel, very, very diligent, a, a, a man who was a real hustle-bustle person, you know, Colboy could do everything and anything. People, he was a big Kanoi also, and people accused him of having undue influence in Yerushka which is, that starts a tradition of finding that the Gaboyim are the ones that that's where the tradition comes from. Um, this Jan Kalifschitz wrote a historical work that's really, really good, it's called Zichron Yakov, three volumes of memoirs, and it discusses everything in his times, and he's quite open, he doesn't he doesn't censor himself terribly, um, sometimes people are, feel that he's putting his own canoes in and so on. As a historical footnote, this Yankel Lifshitz has a great grandson, who's the today the editor of Yated Nehman, Pinny Lifshitz. That's his great grandson. But Alco um, Yankel Lifshitz was a very, very—he was the the, the, the uh, chief of staff for of Rebbe and the Maskilim, the Maskilim couldn't argue with Zalman. He was too big of a figure to argue. So they painted that it's Yanka Lifshitz um, uh, he's the one who's who's ruining everything, and they called his office the Lishka Shchera, the black office. In other words, he he generates blackness for for Lita. Um, and but but you, you you see, they could not touch Yitzhak Hanan. Yitzhak was above accusation, reproach, or anything like it. Um, we when we speak about Sabbat, kemur, we'll, we'll understand that the, it, the for the Muslim movement have started in in Kavna could only have been because Rebiz HaKonan was at least tacit consent had he been opposed it like his son later did it would never have gotten off the ground Rebiz was was the the the, the Murad Astra in with with a capital M and a capital A okay so we'll be there soon